Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome everyone to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, none other than Dr. Zavira Johnson. And you know me, I'm always excited for today's show. Today I have a special uh, woman of God who is walking in her God-given purpose and she is making an impact in the lives of so many. Uh, she will be sharing today her journey uh, as to how she would have emerged from a place of obscurity to dominate the sphere of influences that God would have given to her. And so I want to welcome Dr. Tamika Brown to the show, and indeed it's a pleasure to have you here with me this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Thank you also for the invite and having me on the show today. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, I know you have a busy schedule, so thank you so much just for taking time out to come on in to empower and inspire our listening audience tonight. Now, before we go ahead and get started, I just want you to share with our listening audience just a little bit of who Dr. Tamika Brown is. Well, Dr. Tamika Brown is a wife and a mother. Um, I've been married for almost 28 years to a retired veteran of the United States Army. I'm a mother of three, um, ranging from the age of 31, 27, and also a 18-year-old that's getting ready to graduate from high school this year. Um, I'm a professional HR specialist. I work for the federal government. I've been doing HR for approximately about 15 years. Um, enjoy, love everything about HR, love about the education part of it. I'm HR, the training, mentoring. Um, and on top of that, I also love God and, and really stepped out this year to start doing the things that God has called me to do. Well, that is amazing. I'm happy to hear that you are an HR lady like I am. It's definitely a great area to, <laughs> uh, to be in. It's actually a great area to be in, so I'm happy to to hear that. Um, and, of course, you mentioned about, you know, being able to at the same time still do or go in the vein or step out and do what God is calling you to do, which I think is so important. Um, you know, it's always good to be, you know, it's good to, you know, always work on a job. There's nothing wrong with that, but I do believe it's still also good to still pursue the things that God has in store for us or the things that he is actually calling us to do. And so definitely um, I want to commend you for stepping out of faith because it's not always easy to step out and do what God is telling you to do. Um, there's so much that's attached to our yes, you know, the weight of our yes. But nevertheless, we are, I know you're able to um, handle all that comes with your yes. Yes. Now, you know, so Dr. Brown, and, you know, for you, you do a plethora of things uh, for us in Reading through your bio as well, you're also a, a veteran, right, and the wife of a veteran. And so one of the things I want to know for you, you are now uh, working with veterans. So I want to know what was the catalyst for in terms of that that inspired you to work with veterans? Um, and I ask this question because I've had, I've heard some people say that they don't feel that enough is done for veterans, um, especially those that would come out of the service in terms of like the army and all that type of stuff. So I want to know like what inspired you? What was the catalyst for you getting into uh, the area of dealing with the veterans? 
It would have to be my own personal experience. Yes, I was a veteran as well. I served in the United States Army. Um, I served about, I served four years, and I've decided to um, end my career in the Army because me and my husband at the time were both dual military. Um, it's already hard with one spouse um, being military, but to have dual, um, dual military trying to raise children, it became impossible, especially with deployments. Um, so it came to the point that we both had to deploy at the same time, and I had to decide to end my career because I had just got our oldest son back with us in Germany, and I couldn't stab him leaving again, him and my um, baby son that we just recently had it. So after discussion, me and my husband thought it was best that I was the one that transitioned out of the military. Um, the reason why I thought it was important for me, because there's a lot of stuff that's not being, that we're not educated on when it comes to veterans. Um, the military, yes, it gives us a great life. It put us in a very great position, um, especially if you do what you're supposed to do when it's time for you to retire. But what happens is is the mental side of it. Um, it's hard when the spouse retire from the military or even if they get out because they, there goes the underlying issues that no one has educate the spouse about. Um, has We have not had any type of training on what it looks like, and then you start seeing the issues that surf, um, surface um, and trying to help your spouse cope with those issues. Um, I always tell people, my husband got out retiring in 2012, and to this day he still received um, counseling uh, from some of his issues that he's dealing with. So it's not something that sticks overnight. It's years and years of, of them being treated for things that they encounter, whether it was deployment, things that they saw. Um, and so as I saw my husband suffer with some of the things that he was dealing with, and how they sometimes can be co-dependent of things. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs because they try to deal with whatever they're going through. And I saw that it took a while for him to get even where he's at today, and it took years and years of counseling, which, like I said before, he's still in today. Um, so that was important to me, and it was also important the spouse. Um, I always say that the spouse get left behind, and I know the veterans are very important, and I know that they serve, but if you don't have a healthy spouse to know how to deal with it, that's why you sometimes have, we have the high divorce rate in the military community because now the spouse has to take on another role that that spouse may not be used to. Mm, wow. That is that's a lot. You know, um, you, you, said, you said a lot just now, and I want to I want us to kind of unpack some of the things that that you would have uh, shared. Um, so my question to you then is, because I know you mentioned about the, the mental side of it, uh, do you feel that that's like one of the most important things that really need to be addressed when you talked about veterans? Now, I'm asking this question too because if you have someone who's tuning in and you know, they might have been in the same situation in terms of either being a veteran, uh, being a spouse of a veteran, whether, you know, as a wife or a husband, and see some things but don't really know, okay, well, should this be something that I get into? Is this an area that God is calling me to to be able to uh, address and to be able to help other, um, be able to help others? And so from your side, because you have a duality in terms of you working, you know, you, you uh, being deployed and, and also, you know, your husband. Um, so for you, you have that benefit from, from both sides, right? And so what would you say to someone who may be tuning in and say, hey, you know, well, I, I'm wondering what should I do with what I'm seeing? And then also, uh, do you feel that the mental side of it is the one that tends to be more prevalent uh, that needs to be addressed when it comes to veterans? Um, yes, I do. Um, I believe, and, and, and this is no hit against the, the, the military. Um, 
I just believe uh, there is a lot of self-medication um, that goes on um, to help them deal with the issues. And some of the some of the issues that they do have requires them to take medic medicine, but then they take medicine on top of another medicine to deal with the issue with offset from the other medicine. So it's like a a, a, a a process, and so most of the time the veterans don't like to take the medication. Um, they're numb to taking the medication because they don't like the way it makes them feel. And on top of it, with dealing with that, they also dealing with um, they're not they they didn't they don't talk. Um, some of the things they experience, they rather not talk about it. And then um, and so they holding all this thing that they're going through, and now they're dealing with. I no longer have that cushion because now I was uh, something or somebody in the military that people look up to, and now I don't have that. Now I'm just like everybody else, even though I serve, even though I deploy, even though I fought for my country, I'm like everybody else. I'm just a number. And so now you're trying to help them deal with what that looked like. And for me, um, when my husband retired, I, I immediately was the one. I was the first one that told him that I believe he had PTSD. Um, there was a big dramatic change in his behavior, not that he was abusive, but just short temper, um, the patient level. He's a very patient and kind spirit, but that kind of change, um, he was quick temper. He didn't like to be in crowds. He didn't like, he didn't like to wait on nothing. Um, so I said, I think you, you have PTSD and I was the one that draw it to his attention. And so when he started noticing, he also, he, that's when he got diagnosed with the PTSD because it was, it was obvious that something was not right. Wow. And I think that's really great that, you know, for you, you was able to recognize it. And then, two, he was even able to, um, in terms of being receptive, because, you know, some persons don't like to hear the fact that, hey, I have an issue that I need to address, right? Um, mm -hmm. That is not something that people like to, to deal with. No one wants to feel as though, hey, I have an issue. You know, I have it all under control. Like, somebody, we know we got issues. But we just don't want yeah. anybody else to tell us we got issues, right? And so, um, <laughs> and so a lot of times that tends to, to happen. And so it's great that you are uh, uh, that you were vigilant, and at the same time still being able to 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 say to him, "Hey, I think there's something that you really need to address." And so I think with you sharing that, it even speaks to the importance of really knowing knowing um, the person that you were married to. You know, before uh, going into the, the military or whatever it may be, or the army, you know, whichever branch it may be, um, and at the same time, like knowing who they were before. Of course, you know, people evolve, but in terms of, like you mentioned, him being short-tempered and and all these other things, that to know that hey, something is wrong. You have PTSD, and you need to go ahead um, and address that. And so, I think that is so great. Um, that you were able to do that. And then also, I want to thank you for your transparency thus far, you know, in, in sharing, because I believe this is something that needs to be, um, you know, addressed. It's something that, that needs to be talked about. Um, and so to hear it from someone's first time, like I said, you have a duality because you were in it yourself. And of course, you know, having a spouse who was in, in, in that environment as well. So, of course, I definitely want to say uh, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Uh, one of the things I want to know now from you is veterans who may be struggling out there, so they're tuning in and they're struggling, what, what do you think or how or what advice would you give to them in terms of getting acclimated to civilian life? Because you did mention that you know, hey, I have this title or I was in this place, people were looking up to me, now I no longer have that, right? Um, I have to get used to now 
the civilian life is totally different, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, of being in the Army or the military, whatever branch it may be. Right, so what advice would you give to anyone that they would be a veteran and they're, and they're tuning in and they're struggling, or even the spouse of one who's listening in and they say, hey, my spouse is struggling. Like, what advice would you give to, to them in terms of being able to find where to support or just being able to be acclimated into now this civilian lifestyle? What are some of the things that they can do? Um, and I definitely would say it would be a, a good support system. To me, I think our support system is within inside the community of the of, of the military. Um, I've I've gained some great friends, some great spouses that kind of went through the similar things that I went through. Um, and I always like to say, you know, to me the most important thing, and it is the spouse, the veteran that served, but it's also the spouse, um, because the spouse sacrificed so much, and I think that goes on notice. Um, when it comes to our career, when it comes to constantly moving, when it comes to not getting the opportunity to advance in our careers, um, constantly raising the children. And so um, what I found, I had a very great support system, but I'm not going to tell you in the midst of the support system as being a spouse now, transitioning to be a spouse, that I, I, I suffered silently in my own. Um, so much was was on me, you know. Um, I was also broken with my own issues. So I had you had me that was broken with my own issues, trying to figure out who I am outside of being that spouse and that wife of a veteran, and trying to build and establish me. Um, once my once my children start getting older, and so you have two people, um, one who have lost himself, you know, after he retired because that that's who his identity was, military, and then you have a spouse who was broken and dealing with her own personal issues. And now she's trying to figure out who she is, trying to figure out her career, who ha which has been on hold, or his career, which has been on hold for so long to cater toward that veteran. Um, and so for me, I had a great support system, but first thing, it was God. I'm going to tell you, within the last three years, God has been doing a work in me, and I realized that in order for me to grow to be the best me for anybody, I had to start dealing with some of my own personal issues, um, and that's where I came up with my um journal and my book called Gracefully Broken, um, Rebuilding with Purpose. Wow, that is amazing, you know, sharing your brokenness and, and at the same time, you have a spouse of being able to to navigate your own process, you know, um, as well as assist him as much as you could in terms of navigating his process. And then, again, you talk about the children. And also you now being more acclimated, I'm, I'm guessing, to um the more civilian life, you know, because you mentioned that you are, are you that you work now in, 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 well, you know, you've been in HR for, for a little while. So when it came to you uh, being able to transition into a, a different role, what were some of the things that you would say that helped you? The transition for me, because uh, I, I got out in the 90s, so the transition mm -hmm. for me was pretty good because we were stationed in Germany, um, and my husband was deployed, and I and he's always been a good support system for me. So the transition for me was a little more easier uh, because we still had that income, um, and I was able to actually get into get a job overseas because they do have some great benefits uh, for um, spouses that's overseas. So I was able to secure a job working with my children at the school, um, and I didn't have as much because I didn't have a lot of deployment. Um, it, the military for me was kind of easy. My husband always says she really wasn't in the military. <laughs> that's what he always <laughs> says. <laughs> Because in my job, I was a military HR, so I did HR in the mm -hmm. military, and 
there's a lot of things I were able to get out. I didn't have to do a lot of field exercise because I worked in the S1 shop, um, and they always had to have someone back. So the military life for me was good, and the transition was good. It was harder on the finances, on the financial side because you're going from two income to one income, but it was not that bad because at that time, I had enjoyed being home with my children, my two boys, because my oldest son was being raised by my mom until he was about five years old. And so when we was able to get him back and then me having my second son, I was able to really be in their lives, really spend time with them, which um, which I missed with my oldest son. So it wasn't bad for me because I was being that mother that I wanted to be to my children at the time. Um, the transition became harder when we finally made our last um, duty station, which was in Georgia, um, when we knew he was going to retire, and then he had to take another deployment. Um, and when he took his last deployment, we had a senior, our son, our oldest son was getting ready to graduate. Our middle son had just broke his arm, so he had to have surgery. I had a five-year-old uh, daughter, um, and my husband wasn't supposed to deploy, but they decided that he, they needed him, and at that time, he said he was done. Um, so it was his Final his final deployment right before retirement when it really became hard for us um, in our marriage, um, not knowing what he was going through and me going through what I was going through. Like I said, my life was on hold for so many things. And it's not that he didn't want me um, to go to college and go to school. Sometimes we get stuck. And I was one that was stuck and didn't know how to find myself again because everything was involved around my husband and my children. Um, but he would always encourage me, you know, go back to school, go back to school. Um, and then I had to start from the bottom, you know, and that's a hard thing. When we came back, I had, at that time, I had two master's degrees, and I had to take a lower job to work my way to the top. And so now you're dealing with that. You're dealing with, you know, he's getting ready to retire, and you have this education, and there's a stigma that goes with ed education that you think that, you know, you're going to automatically mm -hmm. secure you really don't. You have yeah. to really fight your way to the top um, to get where you need to be. And I'm not saying in a violent way, but it, it's not easy like people think it is when you have education. Mm-hmm. It's really true. Um, in terms of what you're saying, uh, especially with the, with the education, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. some people are intimidated by by that. So you go through a, a, a whole lot of things. That really is a whole yeah. lot of, it's a, it's a different process altogether that you I'll actually do it. And so with listening to you uh, share, so you talked about the challenges um, or some of the things that came along with the transition, right? Uh, and I know now for you, you are currently also offering coaching services to help for the spouses of veterans um, and even other uh, women as it relates to having or being a wife, I would say, and, and a mother, right? Being able to, this person being able to discover themselves. How important is it to have, um, now when I say a life outside your marriage, I don't mean just, you know, like you just have a separate and apart life, but in terms of having your own friends, having your own colleagues, like knowing who you are. So this is some of the things that you help uh, individuals with who may be struggling. Because I do find that sometimes, you know, when uh, women get married, they kind of tie their whole identity, I guess, is the, nurture, the nurturing part of women that we have, right, uh, that is so easy to conform or compromise. Um, the situations, right? So how mm -hmm. important is it for uh, that, that spouse or that wife, I would say, to be able to have their own identity, their own purpose outside of the marriage so that 
you know, it, it's not one where they're so needy, they're so clingy, or they just don't really don't know what to do, um, and they're not really functioning at purpose. I think that's very important, and I'm glad you brought that up because for me what happened was um, I've always been a strong woman. I came from a single mother household raising three kids, so I was very strong in nature. Um, but even though I was strong physically and could endure a lot, um, there was still so much in me that was broken, and, and that was my own hindrance. Um, there were certain things that I went through in my life um, that, that just – I had this wall up, so I, I wasn't able to love the way I should love. I, I saw it as a sign of weakness, of crying. So there was a lot of things that had happened in my life that had me had a wall up, even with being married for that long. And because of that and because I didn't know who I was as an individual, I called that I thought I was protecting myself. I thought it was protection for whatever whatever's getting to happen. And so within the last three years, um, God had began to really deal with me about my own issues. And he, and he was telling me it's like a puzzle piece, and each piece is very important in your life. Each piece, whether it's the good or bad, some pieces you may have to get rid of, and some pieces you can rebuild on. So his thing is I need you to rebuild and identify who you are in me, because as long as you know who, how I see you, you will be able to move out. If you see yourself based on your situation, your circumstances, or what how other people see you, you would not succeed. That foundation will fall. But when you build on God, and you really understand what God says about you, and you really understand that he is truly a loving God. And, yes, he hates some of the things that have happened to us. He, that it pierced his heart when we went through some of the things, but he was refining us with those situations to become a better person, and that's exactly what he did with my life. I had to really take some deep dive. I had to um, be open um, to what he had called me to be. I had to be open to admit to my fault, my wrong. Um, me and my husband had some issues, but I can tell you, most of the issues was not based on my husband. Most of the issue was me. Um, I was the one that the wall. I was the one who didn't know how to show that type of love. I was the one who was not passionate about things the way he was. And so as God began to work in me, I began to see him different. I began to see him as, as the man that he was as, as of the family, and I couldn't see that. Um, because I didn't know how to be a wife. Coming from a single mother household, you know how to be a good mother and you know how to be a, a good, um, a good, you know, maintain a household. But the one thing that my husband told me that pierced my soul and it stuck with me for a long time. And, um, and normally when he says stuff to me because who I used to be, I'll be, I will blow it off like whatever. Like you said, you don't like for people to tell you your fault, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so, identifying some faults in me that he saw, and I, I wasn't ready to receive that. And I always would have a, a, um, a mechanism to, to retaliate when he says something, well, you did this, well, you did this. And so the one thing that really that pierced my heart, he says, I can never take away from you. You are a good mother, and you are a good, I can never tell nobody different. He said, but being a good mother does not make you a good wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when he said that, I had to really thought about it, and, and, and it, it was lightning to me because what he said was right. I was thinking that taking care of his kids, he never had to come home to a nasty house. I was cleaning the house. I thought all the traits of what a woman should do, I thought that compensate for me being a good mother and a, I mean a good wife, and it didn't. And so I began to really, based on that comment, and I tell, I tell him recently, we laugh about it, and he's like, so you really did listen to what I say? And I say, yeah, that was what he said that pierced my heart because 
I was thinking that me being the good mother to your children was my way of showing you that I love you, not realizing it was more than So it's a lot for women. You really, as women, we and we and it's it's easy. And so when women say that don't happen, it does happen. It's so easy for us to get so caught up in everyone else's life because that's what we were called. We were called to be nurturers. We were called to love like no other. And in the midst of doing that, you forget who you are. And so when you ask a lot of women, tell me who you are outside of being a wife or a mother. Some of them are lost at words, and there's nothing they can add to that. And so that's how you you start that rediscovering that rebuilding stage because I want to know you. I don't want to know about you being a mother. I don't want to know, and I'm not saying those things are not important. I want to know you. Yeah. And so that's the question for most women because most of them don't know how to answer that. So that would be one thing that I would say, for the women to get to know who they are outside of being that wife and outside of being that mother. And it's okay to find your own identity. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel that the children's going to lack or the husband's going to lack. Uh, because as you find your happiness, you'll realize you also make them happy. It's when you're not happy that you can't allow them to, they're not happy because you're, 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 everything irritates you, everything bothers you. So that's the most important thing for me. Find out who you are and the best better you can make a better spouse, can make a better mother, and those things are important. I think that's um, so important, which is a find out who you are, right? Um, and yes. saying that, which I do agree, if persons aren't happy, it's going to be difficult for them to, you know, to, to be able to live with. Um, they're going to be miserable. They're going to be irritated, snappy. And so that means that the persons around you, uh, they're gonna, they're not gonna be as comfortable, you know. Uh, you, if you're happy, it's gonna be difficult for you to make them happy, and so I think that is um, so important. And then you, you talked about being able to be honest, really, with yourself, and look at yourself. The fact that something, you know, like you, like you said, your husband said you were a good mother. I couldn't take that away from you, but you weren't a good wife. And so I definitely want to say to you, uh, thank you for that transparency, because I think some of the wives that are listening in now, they can say. Hey, you know, this is some great advice. Let me take a, a, a look into um, exactly what that looks like for me. You know, am I doing the same thing, you know, especially for those that are on the path to rediscovery? And I think that is such a uh, uh, an important thing and a transparent thing that you shared that so many women who may be tuning in and listen right, uh, listening in right now can actually learn from. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I, you know, want to ask you about, because you, you did mention about your books, I definitely want to say to you congratulations uh, on your books or your upcoming books. And one of them you have is a 15-day devotional, which is called Coffee with Christ. I want you to share with us about about that devotional. Like, what was the inspirational, what was the inspiration for that? Uh, what do you want persons who, you know, persons who go ahead and have this journal, they buy this, this, this journal, what do, you, what do you want the reader to garner as they traverse the pages of this book. 
Okay, well, Coffee with Christ just launched this week, so it's actually up for purchase. You can purchase on Amazon and Barn and Noble. You can purchase purchase it as a uh, a hard copy book, or you can also um, purchase by the way of Kindle. Um, Coffee with Christ was it happened to me through um, COVID nineteen when everything was shut down, and this when my healing process began for me. Um, when you have nothing, everything is shut down, and your only way of communication is by phone. Um, but what I had discovered during my time, um, God was beginning to do a new work in me. And, and at that time, I discovered the Holy Spirit constantly telling me that you are religious, but you don't have a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And so I kept saying, huh? He said, everything about you is religious, and I want you to debunk everything. And now I want you to find out who I am, the relationship with me. And so he kind of put me like in a secret place for like two years with deep, deep studying. So my routine would be every morning while my family was still asleep, I would get up around 5 o'clock, and I would brew me a cup of coffee, and I would go into my office and shut the door, and I would dive into deep studying, um, learning the Word of God. And sometimes it could be one hour, sometimes it would be two, and sometimes it would be three. But at that time, I was learning. I was learning what the Holy Spirit revealed to me, that I really didn't have a relationship with God. I was so religious. My heart was so, you know, hardened on things that really wasn't the word of God. It was something I was raised or something I was taught. And so one morning I was just sitting there and the spirit spoke to me just as clear and say, coffee with Christ. And I sat there and I say, coffee with Christ. And, and he said, write it down. And so I wrote it down and he said, a devotional. I want you to do a 15 day devotional. So that was like a two year in the make, in the making. I kind of stalled with it and I would write a little bit, a little bit about it. And then I stopped. And then he also gave me the gracefully broken. And at first he had it gracefully broken, rebuilding with God. And then the Holy Spirit said, no, I don't want your audience to just be the church folks. I want your audience to be worldwide. And when people see the word God, they may not pick up the word. That's not mean you denying me. I want you to change your title, Gracefully Broken, Rebuilding with Purpose. And a lot of my principles, even with Coffee with Christ, is, is, is an example of, of what, what we go through. It's about good morning God. It's about setting your day with God. It's about taking the time. And I think that's why so many people are lost, especially for the ones who say that they, they confess that they believe in Jesus Christ. They confess that they are saved and they're still trying to figure it out. It's because you have not identified who you are in Christ, and you will never know who you are in Christ if you don't spend time with them. And so that's what the uh, 15-day daily devotion is trying to set a, a trend, because once you do something once, probably about 14 consecutive days, it becomes a, a, your, it becomes a habit. But I don't want it to be a habit that it becomes religious. I want it to be a habit because you have learned something about our Father, and you have learned something about you. Hmm. That is really good. Um, I think during COVID time, a lot of people had a lot of time to reflect because there's really nothing else to do, right? <laughs> uh, but I'm grateful that you actually heeded to whatever God was doing or what he wanted to do in your life at the time because sometimes we do get in a space or a place where God is calling us into um, isolation, right? And mm-hmm. some people, I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's necessary. And some people, they try to avoid that that step on a process because they really don't want to have to face themselves. And so um, in what you're saying, you know, the coffee with, the coffee with Christ, you definitely have to, to face yourself, you know. So I'm glad you uh, shared that because a lot of people don't like to face themselves. They don't like to look at the, the woman or the man in the mirror, but it is a woman. But if you don't look at the man or the woman in the mirror, it's going to be difficult for you to really reach the maximum potential 
that God is really calling us to. And so thank you uh, definitely for sharing that um, so much. And I do agree uh, when you talk about the title of the book, you know, as as believers, uh, sometimes we, and I don't mean this in a bad way, like we put God in all of the titles. Like we make the title sometimes so holy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. person outside of ministry can't read it because it's what you said that they won't um you know the persons who 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 you who would need to be reached you may not be able to get them because they really won't see things that particular way they say okay well that's just for the christian folks and i think sometimes when we do things we have to be able to manage between okay uh this is maybe just for the ministry folks this is to reach everybody like i think we have to know exactly which place to put everything in and so i'm grateful that you shared that number one and then also that you actually I listened to the voice of God and obeyed what he was saying uh, regarding the title of your book. So I definitely want to say thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and listening to all of what you shared, all of what you've been talking about, I can tell that you definitely have a whole lot going on. And so I want to know from you, what are some of the, some of the things that you do to de-stress, to maintain your sanity? <laughs> you know, someone asked me that because, like you say, I am pretty busy. Um, and I always tell them, um, but when you rest in God, you know, when you have that security in God. But God did reveal something to me: the importance of taking sabbaticals. Um, and He's saying everything I'm giving you, and I'm allowing you to pour into others. I need to pour back into you, and so. I know beginning next year that I will have to step away for the summer month, not just so God can pour back into me, but also pour back into my marriage and, you know, my husband, because we would be, um, we would be, our kids would be gone. It would just be me and him. And so um, I'm learning that every time assignment comes and even though it has God attached to it, don't mean it's assignment for you. And mm-hmm. I think we end up feeling bad or we feel, well, I can't do that because it's for God. And, this, and it, But it may be for God, but it may not be for you to do that assignment. And so we have to truly know that's why it's important with that relationship with Christ. You have to truly know what assignment is for you and what assignment is not for you and being okay and knowing that he's not a God that's sitting up there judging you and say, well, you, you didn't take this assignment. When you truly know your father and you truly spend time with him, he makes it very clear what assignment to take and what assignment not. And even when you feel like you're running, because you do, I'm not going to say I'm not tired, but I can say I find my strength in God. I find my strength in Lord because I realize the importance of the mission of his kingdom being here on earth. I I realize that souls need to be saved, and each one of us have a voice, and someone is tied to our voice. And not saying that if we decide not to move that God would not find somebody else, but I do not want to be the one that he said, I gave you this assignment, and why didn't you move out of assignment. So I'm very, I I truly believe in spending time with God so you will know which assignment is yours. I truly believe is when you're tired, rest. I was a type type that didn't take naps. I take a lot of naps now. (laughs) I'm a napper. (laughs) <laughs> I would go to sleep for about two hours. I would, my best friend used to always tell me she would take naps, and I was like, you taking naps? And I would criticize her about taking naps. But now I find myself every day I would get off work, and then I don't care if it's an hour, a power nap. I would take a nap right before I came on with you. I got off at 430, and I slept to about 
Um, so you have to find that time to refill you back up, whether it's 15 or 20 minutes. And then I, and I also am at a point in our marriage that there is so much peace in our marriage um, that my husband don't feel left out. And, and the reason why I was able to do that, because God tell me, communicate to him everything that I'm telling you to do, because you want him to be a part of it, even though he may not be where you at with your walk spiritually. Always keep him informed. And, and when I tell you he has given me peace in my marriage like no other in a support system, and I've seen God handle my marriage of my obedience, even in my marriage, because your obedience is not just with your assignment. Your obedience is also with your marriage. When God yes. tells you apologize, when God tells you, uh-uh, spend time with your husband, when God say don't answer that phone, he needs you, you have to be very inclined to the spirit to hear those things and be okay to say, I'm not answering the phone today. I'm going to make my time with him. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to ask him how he's doing. And so I'm learning these things, and I'm glad God is teaching me these things because he knows what's best for me. He knows my by my beginning and my end, he is alpha and omega, and that is never going to change. So what better person to trust but God? Mm, that's really good. I'm knowing what assignment is for you, but like you mentioned, and I totally agree, if you spend time with God, you're going to know. Um, people, have, and, and I admonish anyone who's listening in, um, like you would have mentioned, if someone, if there's an assignment and it's a God assignment, ask God, is this for me? You know, one mm-hmm. of the things I ask myself, you know, this is, this is a good assignment or, or, you know, but is this a God assignment, right? Uh, is it mm-hmm. really for me? And I think sometimes a lot of people, they burn themselves out doing things that God didn't call them to do. And so they're tired, they're frustrated. Uh, you know, it's just so much things I'm working because why? <laughs> that's another area which God has called them to. And so I'm glad you uh, shared about that. And then also the obedience to listen to God, uh, to take the time to refuel. I find a lot of people, especially when you talk about dealing with trauma, they have a tendency to replace trauma or dealing with the trauma, I should say, or working on their, their healing, their process with work, with projects, instead of actually uh, resting and taking the time to do what they need to do just so they, you know, uh, could pretty much avoid the things that they need to address. Uh, so definitely uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. You've definitely gave us a whole lot of nuggets. We've talked a lot about, uh, you know, relationships, marriage, um, you know, God, veterans, the mental health, and so much more. Uh, but I want to know, like, what final advice would you give to our listening audience that are tuning in? You know, it could be something that you didn't say and then you thought about, or even if it's an encouraging word, what final advice would you give to our audience tonight? The most important thing I found out with, um, and I'm, I'm going to talk on the perspective of a woman because I am a woman and not saying that it doesn't apply to men. Um, I'm going to stick to truly finding out who you are. Um, and, and being okay and comfortable um, if you are the if you've been called to do something and you might miss a football game or you might miss a recital, be okay with that, especially if God has given you assignment. There's no guilt in that. And as long as you keep that dialogue with your children and with your spouse, you, you, I, I believe you can't go wrong. So the most important advice, I want women and e- even men really sit down and, and really think about some things. You know, a lot of stuff that we're going through is based on tradition or past hurt. And, and, and it may 
it be hurt. It, it will hurt because sometimes you have to surface so much pain that you've been through, um, whether that be the way of abuse or you watch your mother get abused or your father being abusive one of you was in a drug home. Just really sit down, and even though they may have some bad things, there's still some good things that came out of there for you. Um, so even though, um, I'm going to take this as an example. I, I, I got in a very abusive relationship at the age 18, um, knew what it looked like. I mean, it can't, I knew exactly what it looked like because I watched my mother at the hands of my father being um, abused her um, very badly in front of the children. It didn't matter. And so I was very aware, and I made up in my mind that I would never be subject to that. But because I longed for love of a father, the abuse came to me dis un disguised. Because I saw it as someone who wanted to spend time with me, even though they were separating me from my family and isolating me all about them, I saw it as love. And so I came to realize, even though it was in my face, I still longed for something. Because I was, I longed for something, I draw to something that I thought was love. And that all had to do with not knowing who I truly was, um, even at the age 18. It can start early. You know, don't, don't let age be a number for you. Because you can have some life experience that have taught you some great things, but it also can define you. So define who you are outside of everything that you've been through, and once you start to Discovering that, discovering that, things become so clear to you. Things that you may have missed, you don't miss. And so that would be the most important thing. I, I will always say really finding out who you are outside of everything that you're doing right now, outside of being the wife and the mother, who has God called you to be? Because you was called to be somebody. You was put here for purpose at a time like this. You had to go through what you went through for a reason. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's pain there, but it does not define who God has called you to be. That's powerful. Knowing who you are. Um, and then on top of that, too, I think, you know, not knowing who you are, it really causes you and, 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 and listening to you, what you share is really repeating the cycle, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 it's, it's generational. So it's almost like, you know, being able to break those generational uh, cycles. Um, I mean, I know we talk a lot about the curses and stuff like that, but even breaking the cycle, you know, um, mm -hmm. Because that's really what it was. Because of course we we are typically a product of our environment, right? So unless mm -hmm. we be, unless we see something different, we tend to really sometimes be a product of our environment because that's really all we know. That's what feels most comfortable. And anything outside of that, uh, sometimes we think something is wrong or it's uncomfortable, right? Because that's all mm -hmm. that we're accustomed to. And so I think it's so important that you shared that you know knowing who you are, whether it's a man or woman, knowing. Uh, who you are in God, knowing what he's saying about you, knowing what he's calling you to, because, and all, honestly, we really get to a place where we know who we are in God, we know what God is saying about us, a lot of these things that we get ourselves into, we would never get into that, because I'm sure mm -hmm. now, when you you know, when we are at a healed place, and then we begin to look back and like, did I really do that? Who was I thinking, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know sometimes, I, I do that, I'm like, who was I thinking, like, you gotta be joking, but... Is because you work at a healed place, and so definitely, I definitely want to say, you know, thank you so much for sharing, but not just sharing, but really empowering and equipping our listening audience tonight, and just being transparent. You know, transparency, I believe, it helps a lot to uh, bring uh, deliverance to people. It helps to uh, change as, as well as shift the mindset of those who are listening, and to really change 
to really change the trajectory um, of their lives, to help them be able to do that. And so I definitely want to say thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me tonight. Uh, before you go, I just want you to share if you have any upcoming events, uh, your social media handles. I know you have coaching programs, you know, ways in which persons who are tuning in, they say, hey, I want to, you know, connect with Dr. Brown, share with them the, the emails and everything else in which ways in which they can connect with Yes, um, I'm currently um, updating my resume. I mean, my website because I had to add some more additions to it. Um, I'm currently on Thursday between um, seven and seven thirty. I'm on a veteran hour where I speak about veterans, helping veterans who's interested in birthing out their nonprofit um, by um, the way of Dr. Paul. He has invited me to be on his executive team. Um, so we give out tidbits information. We have that dialogue with veterans. Um, we also allow veterans to share about some things they may be going through, and we also talk about the nonprofit when it comes to the 501Cs, looking into getting those loans and those grants, what that looked like for those nonprofits. Um, so that's one thing God has me on. Um, I'm also um, working on my second book. My first book was actually a, my, my first um, Gracefully Broken was a journal, and God told me to repackage that. So my book, I'm working on my second book, um, which hopefully will be published within the next two months, and it's called Gracefully broken, rebuilding with purpose. It's about my life, but it incorporates some things that help me to go through what I've been through and to become who I am today, even though God is still molding. He's never finished with you. There's still work to be done, but the things that I've learned in my walk of allowing God to rebuild me with purpose. Um, so that would be my second book. Um, they can find me and send me emails at Tamika underscore um, Brown at Yahoo. I'm also on Instagram and also on Facebook. You can just look me up by Dr. Tamika Brown. Awesome. So everyone, be sure to go ahead and connect with Dr. Brown, follow Dr. Brown. Um, as you can hear tonight, this is a really great uh, conversation, interview. She shared some really, really uh, great nuggets. I mean, I'm not inspired, but even I'm inspired, you know, by the things in which you would have shared. And so um, I encourage everyone to go ahead and follow her. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, I pray that that it won't be a laugh. And of course, my faithful listening audience, you know, I love you all. I appreciate you rocking with me week after week. And, you know, I just love uh, my, my listening audience. I just, you know, you guys have made this show such a such a great show. And of course, you know, this is a show where you will be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. Uh, for those who wish to follow me or to connect with me, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, LinkedIn, under social media handles, Savara Johnson, or Dr. Savara Johnson. Uh, be sure to uh, visit my website. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send me an email at info at or if you want leadership training or coaching or HR services, just go ahead and send me an email. I definitely look forward to connecting with you. So everyone, have a wonderful night, and I will see you next week. Blessings. Thank you for tuning in to Emergency Radio Talk. For more information on Emergency Radio Talk, Emergency Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at tavarajohnson.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. That's Tavara Johnson. Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining.